So last episode, the central message was about exposing this false equation that many of us came to believe and accept, that fulfillment is found in external things, whether that be in status, identity, or possessions. So in this episode, we are going to continue that conversation, but I'm going to focus on the importance of the shift that goes on in the mind. We can believe in the fulfillment and abundance that Jesus promises, but do we actually step in to experience it? But to get there, I want to start in an art museum. So a few years ago, I went to an art museum in Portland with my sister, who obviously went because of me and my interest in art. And as we were walking through the gallery, I was just so amazed by the art, but my sister seemed like she wasn't that into it. And then we entered into this one section of the museum where I froze in disbelief. I just could not believe who was in front of me. I came face to face with one of my greatest icons in the world. No, it wasn't Tom Hanks or Beyonce. It was a work of art hanging on the wall. It was a canvas. I was like a jittery little child and I was saying, Shalana, Shalana, like, do you see the painting that is in front of us right now? Like, do you see this? Before she could even look or respond, I just kept, I just kept saying, this is a Monet. Like, this is one of his lilies. Like, this is a masterpiece. I could not believe that there was one of Monet's lilies right in front of me all the way from Paris. And it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, museums are quiet and I was not. I had this moment of bliss. I was so overwhelmed that I started to cry. Yeah, in the middle of the art gallery, I had tears in my eyes. My sister just looked at the painting, which would appear to be like blurry blotches of color, and then looked at me as if I was a crazy person. Um, And I remember she said something like, like, oh my God, like, who are you right now? And she was like embarrassed for me. And then I remember one of the security guards comes in from the side to like peer in to see what was going on. And then I realized I was kind of making a fool out of myself. But in that moment, I didn't care. But you know what's interesting about this story? My sister and I, we both witnessed the same exact thing, but our experience was drastically different. I was overwhelmed with emotion and my sister was not. I was so excited and my sister was embarrassed for me. What was the cause for us to have dramatically different experiences towards the same event? Our experience was different because of what was going on in our mind. I knew a lot about this particular masterpiece that stood in front of us, of which my sister knew nothing about. She was unaware of who Monet was. I knew this piece in front of me was the beginning of a movement that would shift the entire art world forever. Monet was one of the most important figures that started the style called Impressionism. But you know what's interesting? His art that is worth millions of dollars today was once just a pile of mockery and trash. But something significant happened. There was a shift that occurred in the art world. His paintings that were not even allowed to be stored in the basements of small art galleries are now hung in the most popular galleries around the world. One art collector named Paul Durand Rule shifted the mindset of the art world forever. He made the art community come aware to the importance of Impressionism. The style of Impressionism didn't change. Monet's art did not change. Rather, it was the shift in the minds of the people that made Impressionism significant. 
And today, Monet is one of the most famous painters to ever live. If you don't know who Monet is, you probably heard of Van Gogh and his piece called The Starry Night, who was influenced by Monet and Impressionism. In the art world, there was a certain pattern of art that was acceptable and desired that every other piece of art was compared to. But everything shifted because one person decided to look beyond the patterns of the world. Okay, I hope some of you are connecting the dots of what passage I'm about to talk about. We are told in the book of Romans, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. As I mentioned in the last episode, we are constantly bombarded by the pursuit of happiness or fulfillment from external things, whether it be through possessions, status, or identity. I hope I didn't come across as if we shouldn't seek those things at all. No, that's not what I meant. I, I, I think you should seek education, seek promotions, go travel, build a beautiful home and fill it with, with a wonderful family and things. All those things are great and important, but it's not fair when you put pressure on those things to be the missing piece of the puzzle to a fulfilled life. That just brings an anxiety, stress, jealousy, disappointment, comparing, etc., etc., etc. In the last episode, my intention was to expose this illusion of seeking fulfillment in external things. And this episode, I want to talk about the importance of a transformed mind in order to live out from a place of fulfillment. We must shift our minds in order to live from a space of fulfillment rather than the pursuit of it. In the Christian traditions, there's a pretty significant word that we like to use, which is the word repentance. You've heard people say, repent of your sins, right? The word repent comes from the Greek word metanoia, which means change of mind. So someone who repents is someone who changes their mind. To change the direction of what you seek or desire, which behaviors and morals should then follow. You see, good or bad behavior is external and secondary to the importance of repentance. The importance of repentance is in the action of changing one's mind, the stepping out of the patterns that has been normalized. I'm convinced that the transformation by the renewal of the mind goes far beyond the surface of religion or good behavior and morals. Because again, when Jesus said, be perfect as a father is perfect, I believe it is so much more than just a lack of sin. Jesus came to give a life of abundance, not just a life lacking of sin. But it has to start with a shift of the mind, turning from the patterns of the world. I don't believe that the soul is constructed by time. Therefore, it desires to connect with something beyond time and space. It desires something more than the external, which is just temporary. Jesus was the only human that understood what is beyond time and space. He gives the antidote to a starving soul, of which many of us label to be the desire of happiness or fulfillment or contentment or whatever that is. Jesus said, whoever believes in me will never thirst again. His or her innermost being will flow rivers of living water, and that person will spring up a well of eternal life. So from the shift of our minds, we are moving into living from the space of fulfillment rather than the pursuit of fulfillment in the external things. True fulfillment is in the awareness of the divine within you right now in this very moment. It is not seeking heaven on earth through external things. Rather, it is the release of heaven on earth from within, from a space of who you are in the divine. The shift of the mind and true repentance is in the turning of your attention and changing your mind to seek this flow of the divine. 
not just believing in these streams of living water, but actually turning and stepping into it to experience it for yourself. There is a big difference of just believing in Jesus and actually being alive in Christ. I mean, the book of James describes that demons believe. So what? So what's the big deal of just believing? It's, it's just not enough. You'll miss the whole point of being alive in Christ, of having this life of abundance if you just believe and never experience it for yourself. I think many of us believe in Jesus' promise of fulfillment and abundance, but fail to experience it daily because we are too concerned in putting our trust in the patterns to find fulfillment in the external things or status or identity. We all believe that there's a moon in the sky, right? But have you ever experienced walking on the moon? I mean, it is one thing to believe that the moon exists and a completely other thing to actually experience walking on the surface of the moon. There's an interesting article in ABC News about how the lives of astronauts have changed after traveling to the moon. For some, the adventure was so epic that it changed the course of their lives. A man named James Irwin was one of the early astronauts who walked on the moon. Before walking on the moon, he did not believe in God, but everything changed after that experience. That experience of walking on the moon shifted his entire worldview, and he actually left NASA and opened a nonprofit Christian organization. So this man believed that there was a moon, right? But his entire life changed after he actually experienced walking on the moon. So before experiencing the moon, he just believed in the moon, right? Like he understood everything about traveling into space. He memorized all the rules and everything that must be done in space. Like he knew everything about being an astronaut. He went through years of vigorous training. He dedicated his life for this. But it was in an actual experience of space and the moon that changed his entire life. It was an experience. To believe and understand and memorize is one thing, but to experience it, that is completely different and has the ability to change your life. There are those who believe, and then there are those who step into what they believe and actually experience it. Okay, try, try and put yourself in the boots of an astronaut for a moment in space. Like, wouldn't that blow your mind? Like, I don't think there's anything else that can even come close in comparison to the rush and awe and wonder and majesty. Like, is there anything else that you could be doing in that moment that is more important? But James Irwin, the astronaut said, Jesus walking on earth is more important than man walking on the moon. But do you believe that though? Like, do you believe that Jesus walking on earth is more important than something with so much wonder and awe and importance and groundbreaking? Like, do you believe Jesus walking on earth is actually more important? I guess the underlining question is, do you believe that fulfillment is actually found in Christ and in Christ alone? I think a better question is, have you experienced this fulfillment, this abundance in Christ? Or do you simply just believe in this promise? So Jesus gives us advice to turn our attention towards this experience of fulfillment. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. 
The word kingdom means sovereignty, royal power, authority in the world and in our hearts. The word righteousness means much more than what we would think of a moral sinless state. Because here, the Greek word for righteousness is a verdict of approval that is given in court. In other words, righteousness is divine approval from God. Living righteously is living from that verdict of divine approval. Like what Jesus said, be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect, lacking nothing. It is not about seeking fulfillment through external things to be whole. It is about becoming aware to this fulfillment that is already present. Seek this awareness of who you are in the eyes of the divine and step into the experience of fulfillment and abundance. We must change our mindset from the delusional patterns of fulfillment from exterior things to seek what our soul really desires, which is to connect with this flow of God. It is in this connection that we discover fulfillment and wholeness, not just the belief of it, but actually moving into experiencing it. So from failures to success to status or identity or possessions or circumstances or whatever comes your way, it doesn't really matter because you're not searching for fulfillment based on those things anymore. The external is just secondary to what really matters. It won't matter if others have a higher status than you do. Of course they will. It won't matter that they have more money. Of course they'll always have more money or more things than you or people who are traveling the world and seem like they have the best life on Instagram. It just won't matter anymore because you no longer form your life on a structure based on comparison and fulfillment that is found in the external and based upon what you lack. Those things that used to be so important just simply aren't anymore. You are free to live your life without the pressures from this false equation. With being in the streams of living water, you experience an overflow of joy and peace and love and wonder and awe. You experience life at its purest form, a life of abundance that Jesus promises. Stop chasing after the fulfillment in external things and seek the kingdom and his righteousness. And in that awareness of wholeness and fulfillment, the external things will just be secondary. It will just be an addition to what actually matters in life. So what you do and what you create, it's your life, it's your work, it's your art, it's your human experience with the divine. Through this partnership, your goals and ambitions in life are so much more significant, not because of what you're doing, but because of who you're doing it with, who you're living and flowing with. What you do isn't for the sake of fulfillment. Now, what you do flows from the space of fulfillment. It's just abundance. It's just joy. Everything brings wonder and awe. So where do we start? because it's really easy to talk about this, but very difficult to actually practice. I think the secret is found in silence, to quiet the voices of these patterns of external things and shift your mind to seek the kingdom and his righteousness and connect to the streams of living water. Let Psalm 46.10 be your mantra, which reads, Be still and know that I am God.